Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have come back and joined us today as we are in the book of Matthew. And today we are going to be in Matthew chapter 11. So if you will be opening up your Bibles there as we will begin looking at the text. Now, this chapter has really three main sections to it. The first one is there in verses 1 through 19 where we see some messengers from John the Baptist coming to Christ. And the interesting thing about this is, of course, John was in prison. You see in verse 2 when John uh, heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Now this question is very interesting, and if you've ever studied this before or looked at different commentaries on this, you'll know that there's a couple of different opinions as far as what's going on here. Because if you remember whenever we were studying earlier in the book of Matthew, John seemed fairly certain that Jesus was the Messiah. Also in John chapter 1, he gives that testimony that he saw the Spirit of God descending upon Christ in the form of a dove, and he said, this is the Son of God, this is the, the Messiah, this is Him. But now we see John in prison, and he sends these messengers asking if Jesus really is the Messiah or if they, if they are looking for somebody else. And it's caused a lot of, of confusion. And again, there's a couple of different opinions. And, and as far as I'm concerned, either one of these opinions could certainly be the case. Uh, the first opinion, and, and maybe one of the, the most popular, is the fact that perhaps since John was in prison... And we know that he was about to be put to death. Herod was, was about to uh, behead him. And he, he perhaps was maybe looking for a little bit of reassurance before his life on earth was ended. That very well could be the case. That, that's certainly a possibility. But the other uh, opinion on this is the fact that John wasn't necessarily asking this question for himself but rather he was asking it for his disciples. Again, you think about all of these people, and we, we have noticed or we'll, we'll notice these questions that uh, his disciples ask Jesus. And so perhaps John was sending his disciples to Jesus and telling them to ask this question, not because John had any sort of doubt, not because he was, was in question whether or not Jesus was the Messiah, but perhaps to point his disciples to Christ. Because he, he was in prison, he was about to be put to death, and so perhaps he was using this as an opportunity to show his disciples that this is the Messiah and that they need to be following him because that was his whole message. I'm not the man. I'm not the Messiah. Jesus is. And so perhaps that's what he's doing here on this occasion. And, and either way, if you look at Jesus' reply there in verses 4 through 6, he basically tells them, about all of the miracles that he had been performing. The blind had received their sights, the, the leper or, or the lame walked, the lepers are cleansed, all of these things that he has done, which is the proof that he is the Messiah. On top of him fulfilling all of these Old Testament prophecies that we've been noticing throughout the book of Matthew, he was healing these people, he was performing the, uh, these miracles to prove the fact that he is, he is the one sent by God. And in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4, we see the fact uh, specifically there for the apostles that that was the purpose of these miracles, to prove that what they were teaching, what they were saying was from God, and that is certainly the case for Christ as well. And then later in this chapter there, in beginning in verse 7, 
Jesus is making the point to those there that the Jews had both rejected John and him. In verses 7 through 9, he asked them a series of rhetorical questions, asking them what it was that they went out into the wilderness to see. He says, did you go out into the wilderness to see a reed shaken in the wind? Did you go out to see all of these other things? Or did you go out to see a prophet? And he says in verse 9, yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. If you look at Matthew chapter 21, which I know we'll get there in a little bit, But if you look at Matthew chapter 21, we see that all of the people regarded John as a prophet, but they did not listen to what he said. As it says there in verse uh, 18, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Jesus is making the point that the Jews, by and large, had not obeyed John, even though they considered him to be a prophet. They found something wrong with both John and Christ. They were trying to find some sort of accusation, some something about them to where they could, could abstain from, from doing what John and Jesus were teaching. And so there in verses 1 through 19, that's what we have happening. And then in verses 20 through 24, We have Jesus pronouncing this judgment on all of these unrepentant cities. And his point is, and if you look at verse 1, he says, Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. They had seen the miracles that Christ had performed, but they still chose to not obey him. And as he says in verse 21, he says, If these mighty works have been done in Tyre and Sidon, he says they would have repented a long time ago. And he says in verse 23 in relation to, Caper- to Capernaum, he says if these miracles would have been done it, that had been done in New Capernaum, if they would have been done in Sodom, they would have repented a long time ago. And as he says, they would have remained until this day really emphasizing and and illustrating just how hard-hearted these people had become. Because even these miracles that Christ was performing was not enough to convince them that He is the Messiah. And he, He uses illustrations of places that they had really no respect for because of their history. And He says, "If if I would have done these things in these cities, they would have already repented. But you, because of your hard-heartedness, won't. And then in verses 25 through the end of the chapter there in verse 30, we have a call to Christ. Especially looking at verses 28 uh, through 30 where Jesus says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Compared to all of the traditions, and even compared to the law of Moses as a whole, the law of Christ and the gospel of Christ is something that is a light burden. I always think of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3 where John tells us that his commandments are not grievous. The burden that Christ sets on us, the yoke that you and I have to bear in our service to him is not something that is unbearable. It's not something that is unattainable. It is something that anyone who has a desire to do is capable of doing. 
And Jesus is calling us to him to put that yoke, his yoke upon us, to be faithful to him. And in so doing, as he says, we will find rest for our souls. So that is Matthew chapter 11. I'm so thankful for you coming and and joining and studying this uh, with us today. I hope it has built you up in some way and has perhaps uh, brought out some things that maybe you haven't studied before, maybe just perhaps things that you haven't thought about in a while. But I'm so thankful for your time and for your attention today. And I encourage you to come back tomorrow as we will be looking at Matthew chapter 12. Thank you so much for your time and for your attention.